Hey everybody, welcome to the Becon Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, The Big Llama. I'm The Big Llama from The Big Llama Show on YouTube. I have a movie reaction channel where we do first-time movie watches. also do a Sunday night live stream with my co-host, Blackout AD, where we talk about pop culture, uh, movies, entertainment, UFC fighting, everything under- underneath. But we're not here for that today. We're here today in the Becon Rewind Podcast to talk about a movie that I love, uh, Ready Player One, the 2018 movie from Steven Spielberg. And I brought along a friend with me, uh, my friend, Big Poppy Angie, my producer of the Sunday Night Live stream, is here. And welcome to the Be Kind Rewind podcast, Big Poppy Angie. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk about the movie that I love so much. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. I mean, it's it's an amazing, phenomenal movie. It's I mean, it's Steven Spielberg. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I mean... I, I I would say again. There's many there's many video game adaptations, many video game movies, but one of the greats. I won't call it the greatest because that starts debate of you know what's the greatest you know video game movie ever made. This isn't really it's a, it is a video game movie, but it's, it's more. It's a video game movie. It's definitely a video game movie, but it's not like specifically one video game. It's right. everything. It, it's it's the concept of a video game, but it's not like specific like oh this is a video game that was adapted yeah. for a movie yeah right so i mean i think they should retitle this to like easter egg or or something like that because there are just so many things in this movie it's that so much that that you in one sitting you can't catch everything um now let's talk about the ground rules before we get started talking about the movie um obviously this is the be kind rewind podcast it is technically an adult podcast and we to- typically toast it up, but this is my son. This is my 19-year-old son. Uh, I'm not going to be toasting it up with him. But so this one is actually okay for the kids. It's okay for the kids. So uh, it's it's a kid friendly. I wouldn't say kid friendly, but it's a it's a a young young uh, kids movie. Um, there are some scary scenes in it, so it's okay for little ears. So guys, if you're joining us and you're used to the Be Kind Rewind podcast, you can toast it up with whatever it is that you got. Um, but we're going to just apple juice, <laughs> anything for your kids, milk, chocolate milk, right. orange juice, toast it up with some apple going. juice. Pretend that it's beer. There you go. Yep. That's what you do. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about, uh, be kind. Uh, we're going to talk about ready player one excited about it. And just so you know, um, th- I love this movie a lot in any movie that I love tremendously. I, I go out and buy on 4k ultra HD. If, if it's a movie that I'm going to either rewatch or I want to know more, or I want to, I want to capture that movie theater um, sort of impact. I will buy it on 4K. And trust me, guys, one of the best copies of a 4K movie that you're going to find out there. And we're going to talk about the sounds. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think best. you didn't you didn't you say that before? Like after we left the movie theater, you're like, I'm going to buy it on 4K. The second yeah. I was like, oh. the second we left the movie, you're like, I'm gonna buy it again. I was like, I, I don't blame you. No, I mean the the, the movie it, it it's impacted me because I was so entertained. It was so good, and I was surprised because I think you and I didn't even know what this was about. I, I mean, I mean, we I, knew it was a, a video game movie, but we didn't. We weren't like planning like, oh my god, we have to. Go I see knew. This movie. 
I knew that it was based off of a book. So I knew that much. And I'm no scholar, no reader, but I am a movie watcher. So the second they were like, you know, we can put Steven Spielberg on this and they're going to go watch it. I was like, well, I don't think we we weren't even like skeptical about it. We were like Steven Spielberg, it's CGI and it just has a bunch of video game references. We're going to go watch it. And we're like, all right. But but I feel like it snuck up on us. I feel like like we weren't like we definitely oh my didn't God. know what we were going in for. Right, right. That's what I mean. Like it wasn't like we've anticipated it for like a year and we saw the first trailer and we're like, oh my god, we can't wait to get tickets. We kind of went randomly. We're like, okay, okay, this movie's coming out. Let's go get some tickets. Yeah, we, we went to like, see it on IMAX. It was just like one of those movies where it's like you know you kind of understood the premise and with what the trailer I think showed us was there was enough to be like, oh, this is like kind of interesting because it was like so many, there was already so many Easter eggs in the trailer to begin with that we were like, well, what is this about? Because it's not, it, it wasn't anything specific. It was just a whole bunch of video game references that everybody knew. So we were like, we might as well go watch it and see what, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I was I was sold when I saw Battletoads on the screen. <laughs> that, oh, and yeah. they showed. They showed the Battletoads, and then I think the the DeLorean was was um that was like was, the main focus of it was that first part. Oh yeah, I mean when they showed the DeLorean on the trailer, I was I was hooked. I said okay, yeah. I got to go see that. But um, but honestly, didn't know what I was getting myself into. We went to go see it in IMAX. Um, I, I'm going to talk about what my favorite part is. But before we watch the trailer, before we sort of get to the recap in our brains of what this movie's about, what mm-hmm. was what's what, what's why did you like this movie? What, what's the reason you love this movie? It was just like like we said before when we first like walked into the movie theater, we didn't know what was going to happen, and then when we leave it, we're like, we still didn't know what we just witnessed because it was just so it was just so good because it was it was more of like it was a good mix between you know like the stuff that you know or like what you remember like playing as a kid, and then what I knew because there was more like there was newer stuff in there that you can kind of pick from, and then we just kind of like shared that like kind of connection with that and just overall it was just a fantastic movie but like what from the sound design like like everything that went into like the whole look of the movie because it's i feel like it's kind of difficult it, sometimes it could be difficult to like bring a movie to a movie or bring a book to a movie and i feel like they did that at least flawlessly. I'd never read the book, so I don't know. But assuming this is what we got out of it, it's probably it was probably a really really good book. So I just like the fact that it was it was just kind of very easy for everybody to like you know gravitate towards because they had something for everybody and at and it wasn't like it was it didn't seem like a money grab. It just seemed like something that like a, it was like a fan service movie, but like nobody really needed it because nobody was asking for it. It just kind of, right. they gave it to us and we're like, oh, okay, I guess we need this now. Yeah. I mean, it was carefully crafted. Like, it was not, you're right, it Definitely, wasn't a money yeah. grab. The, the just, just the contracts alone to get all these intellectual properties, all this IP into this movie is, I, I can't even imagine how much it costs to get certain franchises from certain because it didn't just have like um, like a set of from from one particular uh, you know movie house or anything. It had franchises from all over, all different kinds of studios. So for me, like, like that was phenomenal to think about that. But 
it's Steven Spielberg. Like I love yeah. Steven Spielberg movies. I don't, I don't think there's a bad one that I've watched yet. Um, and every single time it has heart, it has the story, it has, and then he's, you know, Steven Spielberg has his own stamp of things um, where he does some of the similar, you know, camera work for almost every movie. Um, but I was, I was surprised. I was surprised that he, he was able to put so much relevant pop culture stuff in there that again, appeals to me, the older one, older, you know, uh, viewer. And then you as a younger viewer, um, you know, everything was there. Like there was stuff for me, mm -hmm. there was stuff for you. And yeah. honestly, it was just a great time at the movies. Um, on the technical side, I think that's why I loved the movie even more when I brought it home is it is just a phenomenal sound design soundtrack uh the 80s soundtrack that it had the yeah uh, but but the story is just as good so like forget like just like because it could have been easily a, like a cheese fest like oh look here's like mortal kombat thing. like the mortal combat movie <laughs> well no no but I you mean, can like, say like, it. it's okay no, no. It, it could have been, it could have been it could have been easily like a cheesy, oh look, here's the 80s. Like like the, mm -hmm. here's the things from the 80s. They had 80s, 90s, uh 2000s references, they had anime, they had uh, video games. Um, you know. And it wasn't from like one specific console, it was from like everything. Like right, anything right. that you could think of that had to do with like technically the definition of like being a nerd. Like you knew what was going to be in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And now again, Spielberg is a, is the master. I think he's one of the, the I mean, the goats, you know, when it comes to directing, um, it, the, I always, I always find this funny, uh, Ty Sheridan, who's the star of the movie. And I think, um, he was Cyclops in the X-Men. Yeah. Movies. He was, yeah. He was the first class one, right? He was the younger yeah. one. Yeah. I, I call him the, uh, the poor man's miles teller because he looks just like miles teller Yeah, or, or, but or he's has not a similar, yeah, but he's not bad. Like he's not. No, 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 no. No, he's just like not as like re not relevant. But he's been in like pretty decent movies. No, he's he's actually uh, you know Tyler Sheridan is actually lot. really really good. Yeah. He, my thing is he just he you ever have there's always actors there's always like two or three act two actors that look the same. I think Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal has a, a a double. I forgot who it is. Um, you know um. But but there's always actors that kind of look the same, and and Ty Sheridan and Miles Teller have a look, similar look. Of, they have that yeah. similar. They fit like for if you're thinking of like a movie, like who has like the teen <laughs> or like like semi like kind of young adult ish. They both fit the part. But it's like yeah. who wants to be a nerd, and then who wants to be like a fighter pilot, like a, like a pilot. And you're like okay, and then we yeah. can differentiate the two. <laughs> for sure for sure and then you got olivia cook who at the time i don't know how how well known she is but i know right now she is red hot in in terms of like her star power because she's in the house of house of the dragon the the uh um the uh prequel to um oh my god i'm blanking out on what this uh, game it, of thrones uh, game, yeah. <laughs> the prequel to game I, of thrones i haven't seen it <laughs> but she no she's she's one of the main stars in this and she's now the main star of house of the dragon so that's really really good and then you got ben mendelson who is the um i think he's the bad guy now in every movie you can think of he was the bad guy in rogue, in rogue one yeah uh, yeah he was uh he was he's a in Kree, secret you know, invasions coming up he's, he's in the mcu right he's right so 
he yeah he plays great as the bad guy and he and he overdoes it in this movie so um you know I, again a great all-star cast um some unknowns there are some people that i didn't know too much of but um the story focuses on one character but before we get to more analysis of the movie let's 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 you and i watch the trailer let's see if we can't um remind ourselves why this movie is so good here we go <laughs> my name's wade watts my dad picked that name because it sounded like a superhero's alter ego like peter parker or bruce banner but he died when i was a kid my mom too that's a common and Steven Spielberg I thing. Ended up here. Yeah. Sitting here in my tiny corner of nowhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere. Except the oasis. This right here is the reveal of the oasis. A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. Can you feel this? Um, yeah. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. There's like 15 characters in there. The Oasis was the brainchild yeah. of James Halliday. Hello. If you're watching this, I'm dead. I created a hidden object, an Easter egg. The first person to find the egg will inherit half a trillion dollars and total control of the oasis itself. Who is this Parzival? And how the hell is he winning? Find him. This isn't just a game. The nostalgia 80s music there. Yeah. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. The oasis. The world's most important economic resource. It's nothing less than a war. We're control of the future. This is a Steven Spielberg trope right here. Welcome They're running the away from the fallen object. We'll stop it here because the more music I'm gonna yeah. get. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say they played like four songs already. They'd probably get copyrighted. <laughs> We're gonna get copyrighted right away. Um, you get the gist, though. You get the gist. Yeah. Of it. No. I, and notice something that in the trailer he only gave you a couple of nuggets. There was there was not like like you didn't see. They did vast... not do it justice. No, no, no. You you didn't see the vastness of the characters you were going to see in the movie. So. It didn't I mean, even show it, the supporting characters either. None no. of them. They showed well. I mean, the, in passing, if you if you didn't know who they were, it, yeah, you just looked like background characters. Um, but that's an effective trailer. It's the story. It's it's it, see he Spielberg focuses on the story of the Oasis and what it means about money and how people are trying to get to it, and then you have everything else. Then you get mm -hmm. then you get the, the rest of part. the of the yeah. fun parts of the movie. Um, but yeah, classic Steven Spielberg trope. It's, you know, uh, dead parents. <laughs> mm -hmm. It always has to be dead parents, <laughs> um, you know, or missing parents or separated parents. And I, I know I, I watched a, um, a documentary with Steven Spielberg on Steven Spielberg on HBO that, you know, a lot of his issues he puts on the screen because he, he's trying, he wants things to be happy for broken mm -hmm. homes. I think his parents were split for a while. Um, you know, and, and so, 
he will constantly have a character who is searching for family or, or belonging. So, and that's at the, the heart of his, of his movies. So, um, you know, Spielberg does that. He'll put in his life and his soul into these movies and he doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. And, and it's no, always, not at all. it's, it's always about the character. It's always about the, the, the main character and what his journey is. And that's what you're compelled to. Um, so yeah, you've got, I think uh, I'm looking at the cast list here. Um, you have, uh, we talked about Mendelssohn. You have TJ Miller, who was the, I love uh, TJ Miller. <laughs> he was I rock. Um, let's see. You've got, uh, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg was the curator. Um, and Ogden Mora. <laughs> so, which was a great twist at the end of the movie there. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, these are top notch actors, you know, putting in some work again, I think if Spielberg knocks on an actor's door, I don't know that anybody just, you know, like drop every project they have and say, I'm going to work with Spielberg. He's one of those names that I I think everybody would just, just take off and and, just go for it. Just, yeah. Oh, Spielberg's on the phone. I'm done. Thank you. Uh, Whatever we're Mm -hmm. doing right now, I'm done. Oh, this is the birth of my child. (laughs) <laughs> this yeah. is the birth of my child. Spielberg is on the phone. I got to go. Got to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, I mean, this 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 movie is just phenomenal. Um, one of the things about the movie that was epic, and we're going to talk about it in in a little bit, is that uh, that race scene. That is probably oh. technically and and visually and sound wise one of the best. One scenes of the best scenes that has ever been put onto film. And, you know, the, the one thing that I, I thought would be a detraction is when you're in the Oasis, uh, when you go to the Oasis, you know, you're, it's a CGI character. They're, they're like Avatar, you know, they're, yeah. they're, every, everyone's a CGI character. But it never, it never got to me where I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. I think yeah. because, because you're going into the Oasis, because you're going into this virtual world, the fact that everybody is virtual, the fact that everybody is a mm-hmm. CGI character makes sense. If if he had mixed the live action and the CGI, I think that would have been a, a mistake. Yeah. But it's like insane to think about how like I th- I'm pretty sure 90% of the movie is CGI. So for him to have like his same like director like stamp on the movie and do it in CGI is just it's insane to think about because it's like especially in the car scene too, you you get all of these angles where not only does it explain like the story of what's going on at the moment, but also showing you the surroundings of like showing you the, he's basically world building as he's trying to tell you the story at the same time. And I think that's what he does so good at in the movie because you don't feel like you are missing anything. Like you, you don't feel like, like you need more to understand like what's going on. Like you get, like a decent like you get a very good look at every character that's in the movie you get understand like their background like what their motive is and you also get world building at the same time and it's crazy to think that he did it all majority in cgi and not in take and not take me out of it like even when you look at like characters and like even the cars like if you look at the cars like every car has like a weight to it but like yeah. when they land, you feel like you feel it. You don't like get taken out of it because it's like, oh, okay, it's CGI, so it's just gonna flay flat yeah, and go. It bounces and yeah, you know, no, it, it, it actually it, it, does everything damage. seems yeah, it seems real. It seems like everything has like 
an actual like purpose to it. And it, even like the smallest detail, like you couldn't tell that it was fake. No, and it's runtime was two hours and twenty minutes, so it was a lengthier movie than than most you know average movies. Mm-hmm. But it's again, if you watch a two and a half hour, almost three hour movie, and you and you walk away from it not not knowing how fast that time went, that's entertaining. Like that's yeah. If you the minute you look at your watch and go, how much time is left, or the minute mm-hmm. you look at your watch and you go, how much you know. Uh, how long have we been sitting here? That's when you know you're a little bit out of the story. But I think in this one, I don't think there was ever a moment where I go, how much time is left? Because one, I didn't know the story. So the story had me like involved. Now, I Steven Spielberg is pretty predictable when it comes to how he shapes the movie. So I knew we were coming to the end of the movie because obviously it was that build up for the fourth yeah. act, you know, the last act that, I got it. Like it was the big climactic. Here it is. Um, so I knew the movie was ending, but at the same time, I wasn't looking forward to it. I wasn't like, Oh God, I want this thing to end or yeah. let's just close it out. Um, but, um, but I'm telling you it, it just, just phenomenal in, in its, in its approach. The Oasis is a, is a an amazing concept. Obviously it's like meta and the VR and everything else yeah, that we got. You but know, it's like today. so much. I feel like they, like they thought about it way more. Than like what is like actually, I feel like that is possible at some point. Uh, yeah, I think it's the concept of what it could be. Like yeah. that's what I think he's showing you is like the the, the metaverse or the, the VR world, the virtual reality, the you know all that can be this in the future. It's just not here yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's in its primitive stages and it's pretty it's pretty advanced. Um, but you know the whole point and and also look, it, it, he's also saying a commentary on escaping like it's okay to escape like guess what i got out of it it's okay to escape it's okay yeah. to 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 be involved in 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 virtual reality and in, in video games but then at the heart of it is that there's also the human interaction you also have to come back to that and so it's kind of a cautionary tale of like look too much <laughs> too much of the and and it pokes fun of the pay to play uh you know uh pay to win you know the, yeah. the ads there's a very meta like discussion in the movie about uh, like Sorrento, the, the main bad guy. That's what he wants to win the Oasis for is to put it's, ads yeah, to and make to it a, sell a money back because it, because most of the, I think like majority of like the economy on it, like remember that the, the uncle was like, Oh, I was supposed to pay for like the, the house or something like that this month. If I got the, like, I think it was like a gauntlet or something like that. He's like, oh, oh if I yeah. want it, if your stupid gloves didn't work or whatever. <laughs> and then, it, but it shows that, like, it, because it was, what did it say? Tw- was it 2045? Or yeah, 2045. Like that? Yeah. yeah. So it was, like, more into the future. So it's not just, like, a thing where, like, everybody goes to play and have fun. Like, it becomes, like, a lifestyle at some point, especially with, like, uh, Sorrento's, like, crew. Like, their whole yeah. job is to, like, regulate that, like, their spot. And to like make sure they find the Easter egg, and they and they had the um, the centers that where they punished those that owed money, like the um, yeah, you know, the corporate greed. You you borrowed money to get you know more and more you know goodies at the Oasis, and now you owe. Now you have to pay it back. Yeah, you have to pay it back. You owe the money. Now you've got to go to uh, you know work centers to do <laughs> to work it off. Like that's like which a, is insane to think about is that you you aren't working 
in real life to pay off. You're you're working in virtual reality to pay your virtual debt. Right. So they just like put you in a box and they're like, okay, go work. And you're like, but uh, but okay. I think that's that's his point is that it's a cautionary tale of of taking yeah. things too far, like going to the excess of things like, and I think he, you know, it's mo- mostly like gambling and, and betting and stuff like that. So like, that's where you take it too far where you're, you're borrowing your money to pay the mortgage to, you know, to play a game or to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to bet on the next football game. It's the same thing. He's saying like, look, don't, you don't get sucked into these things. Again, the, the movie is lighthearted and it's not, you know, but Steven Spielberg underneath layers things. So there are messages that he's sending out in the movie that again, are we look are we like over diving into it? Probably. Like, you know, people sometimes read too much into things, but yeah, but it shows like, you know, it's just like a little it, it's part of the movie. Like I feel like if that aspect of it wasn't in the movie, there would be no like motive for anybody getting on unless you like want to play it for fun. So the fact yeah. that there was like a reason why people are on there, I feel like it was needed for the movie, but no, nobody, I, I feel like not many people are looking at it as far as, you know, we are in this case, but like, even for like the, like when they were in Ohio, it was like, that was their life. Like that was how they lived because they were so poor. Like they had to yeah. live off of that. So it's like, they, you needed it for the story to move on. And they were in, in stacked shipping containers and stacked. Um, it was like stacked know, RVs. Yeah, stacked RVs and it, it, the stacks, as they called it. Um, but that was like, and it, it's it's it shows you the the, and I hate to use big words, but the juxtaposition of, um, you know, reality versus virtual reality. What, what mm-hmm. you know, the real world is ugly. The real world has ugly things in it, and then you can go and escape to this very pretty, very uh, open, you know, type of world. You can make whatever has, world you want. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, but you're living in the in the ugly, so that's that's yeah. the part that is really like again. He's pretty clear about that and showing you that, and and you know, and and Wade Watts is really, um, you know, it's really kind of a, a look at him, right? Um, he broken home. He's got this 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 area where he can escape, and, and movies are obviously Spielberg's escape. Now it's his you know livelihood, but that's what he grew up doing. Um, Let's look at the movie recap. Let's let's you know. I like to just kind of go through the movie a couple frames, and um, let's just see a couple of things here as as we kind of explore the movie. And again, for those of you watching um, on YouTube, you'll get to see it. But for those of you listening on the podcast, we're going to talk through every single scene. Um, so just you know, uh, join along with I'll us try here. To describe so it. We're going to describe everything. Um, so again, it it starts off, you know. Spielberg will show you the world as it is today and what he sees. Now, this isn't the first time he's explored the futuristic type world. I think in Minority Report, um, which is a great movie, I know you. I don't think you've seen that one. Um, uh, it it's similar to this. It's it's a it, it's a futuristic world that um, you know where where you know where he shows you the ugly parts of it about crime, but he's showing you the stacks. He's showing you the 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 realism and he goes right into the Oasis. Like the, the voiceover is effective. So in the beginning, you got, you know, Ty Sheridan narrating where he lives, what the conditions are. And then he shows you, he, I think there are, there are, um, it pans right to different people, right? When, when, yeah, it shows they, different people like how they live or what they do for fun. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and it shows the, you know, the, the housewife that's, you know, cooking and it shows the kid that's playing. It shows, you know, everybody doing escaping as they say, right. To this uh, oasis. And it shows you that the oasis is not just games. It's for everybody. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, has a little bit of everything. Um, and then it's effective because it, 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 I love it because it changes what, what the perspective is. You're watching a, a real human, um, you know, real life, you know, uh, traditional movie. And then when he goes into the Oasis, um, you get that, um, you know, you get that, that, that turn to the CG, which was really, really great and effective. Um, but it circles around the main, the, 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 the guy, the creator of the Oasis, James Halliday. And James Halliday is, I think, in my opinion, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, he's um, like the total definition of what the 80s was. Right. He's the embodiment of what we thought of the 80s. And he loves everything 80s and, and early 90s. He is, he is the link. So, so the way I look at it is Halliday, for me, is my generation. Like what Halliday did, the things he liked, the things he played are the same things that I played, the same things that I liked. What, um, you know, what Wade was is you, right? Is the, is the care is, is today's kids and Uh, living, living in that world. Yeah. Through his view. Right. But they idolized James Halliday. So they idolized him and, you know, because he created the Oasis, he, he's basically like, um, um, like a Steve Jobs, like like he this is a this is poking fun like Steve Jobs, not poking fun, but like an homage to him. Like, to say like yeah, hey. like an example. Be- because Steve Jobs from Apple is is a mythical guy. Like you know, people revere him as this absolute that genius. Guy. Who yeah. right? Well, I mean, he brought the world, you know, the iPhone and the you know uh, iTunes, and he, he's done it all. And so like that guy is revered as you know, one of the top geniuses of all time. And same thing with Halliday. Halliday creates the Oasis and, and you're essentially idolizing this guy for what he did. But again, he embodies all those traits of the, of the guys from the eighties. Um, he plays the games from the eighties. He's, he's the reference and, you know, um, Wade is idolizing this guy. So, you know, what's sad is that, um, they also introduce Ogden Mora, which, which is, um, Simon Pegg's character, and you, what you get is, um, this, it's like a, it, he's not, he gets like jealous, but it's not like a jealousy that's like he's more successful. It's like he's not understanding, like what what he's capable of, like and I think in Holiday's eyes, he was just like, oh, I just want like people to have fun. That this is just for like people to get away and have fun, but, um. Uh, what was his name? Og- Ogden? Ogden. Ogden Mora. Ogden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His whole character. I think he was on the business side of things. So right. like when he came into the, like, even when uh, they have such, uh, they're not on screen much as like themselves because, you know, Holiday dies, but he's still like so involved within the movie that you can't, like, he's the whole point of the movie. Like the movie yeah. wouldn't happen, or like that, like everything that wouldn't happen if he wasn't, you know, in the movie. So it it really shows like a cool dynamic between, you know, two people who see two different like sides of like what he made. Because on one hand he's like, oh, I just want to have fun, and the other one's like, you know, you can make 
a ton of money off of this and you don't have to live like you've been living all your life. You can, you know, actually have a life. He was like, no, I'd rather just live it inside <laughs> the thing that I made. Cause it's like his, that's his life is the thing that he made right, for everybody. Right. So he wants to live in it. So, well, I, and again, I, I'm, because I know that Spielberg puts his own stuff, it, it's, it's a comparison to, of his life, right? He makes movies because he loves film. He loves the escape. He loves the imagery. And that's why he started, but it quickly becomes the business. And I think mm -hmm. Ogden Mara is the business side of what Spielberg, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Spielberg is a smart man who has made millions upon millions of dollars and trust me, reaps the rewards. But I think that's one of the messages, which is you come at it with a purity of, I just want the world to be happy. I just want to show them, um, you know, a good my time. Idea. This is, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is an escape. This is my idea. And there's, always that pressure to monetize or to make it about money or live off of it because it's a great idea and so ogden represents the corporate culture of the money but ogden isn't necessarily at least he's not like my corrupt. no no he, he's not yeah. like greedy you know yeah. about like you have to but he just saw more so much more potential that uh you know that uh holiday's vision could have been if he sold it or if he used it for monetary gains you could you could do more you can get more and i don't think it was like corporate greed at like you know like sorrento um but i think it was just like that just shows you the contrast and it does it does sever a relationship between partners mm -hmm. so you know so for example uh, you know with with me doing the big llama show and you know myself and ad um, we're friends. We're friends who do the show and we have fun with it. The minute money gets involved and the minute things get really, really big, that could sever the relationship. It could, it could be, and that's the danger of always, you know, working with a partner or somebody who doesn't see your creative vision is mm -hmm. there's always some other underlying thing there and it's always tough to separate. So, uh, I'm not saying <laughs> he and I are holiday in August, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but you know that's that's I can see that I can see it, and then I think that's Ogden's biggest regret is that he severed, and I think it's it's in the movie, you know, in it's how it is. Yeah, it definitely um, shows in the movie. Yeah, in his journal, in the way that they go back, and and there's a really creative way they do that. But um, you can tell it's something that Ogden kind of regrets that you know he put that pressure on, um, and and it did sever their relationship and their ties, and I think. Um, not to mention that he married his girlfriend. Was it his? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was how. So women and uh, business got in the way of Ogden and Holiday, and but it never, it never tale. tore, it never tore the relationship. It did separate them, but it never tore because towards the end, uh, Ogden was what was it? The the butler, the curator. Well, well, the curator. Ogden. Yeah, I think, I think. The curator Ogden felt a um, like a guilt, a, a guilt and an obligation to help mm -hmm. to help find the person that could possibly take over the oasis because he knows the corporate greed that's out there and the people trying to get at it. So he does give a hand to Parcival. So it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting how how Ogden sort of and, and it's Ogden's story arc. By the way, it's not. I mean, Halliday's dead, and and Halliday. Shows you his his you know, he, I think pretty his, he's pretty he's pretty simple as a character. Yeah, but I think Ogden's character is the one that's that's 
is the arc is about. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Wade Watson, Parzival, like the same guy. Um, it's his story, but I'm saying, but in the background, that's what's happening is that you find out that Ogden was very sorry about what happened um, and kind of regretted it. So th- the movie takes a weird turn, though, because you're, you know, you're compelled and you're watching and you're hearing about Halliday and then you realize he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he died. Because um, I, I feel like if anybody who didn't read the book and they just like show up and you're like, oh, what? Well, why? They're like that was weird, but it creates the whole movie. That's what pushes the whole movie forward. So it's like it's a curveball, yeah, but it's like a meant you, you meant to throw it. And it's a and it's a wonderful, I think, uh, throwback to Wizard of Oz and those types of movies where you have like a like a quest. You know, like you got to go on a quest and yeah. find these things. And um, it, it starts the the ball rolling. He creates the quest within his um, within the oasis. Oh, you know, death. <laughs> Find the keys and you own what I own. So, um, you know, and he's got a really cool avatar and, um, you know, he throws the keys out there. And this is all before the credits roll. Yeah. So, like, you get this, you know, whole breakdown. The whole story is told You get the whole story in, like, five minutes. Right. Uh, Of what they're doing and why they're doing it all before the credits roll to tell you you're watching Ready Player One. So mm-hmm. that's effective because you're invested at that point. And I've, I've said in my reviews all the time, um, when I know what the story is and where it's going and why it's going there, I'm in. I'm hooked. You, you've got mm-hmm. me. If I had to figure it out, and again, I'm a simple guy when I watch movies, but if I have to like really think about it and it's sort of messy, I take get taken out of the movie sometimes. But it doesn't mean that there's a bad movie. It just those aren't the movies that I prefer. But yeah, again, it, it's within- straight to the point. It gets to what it needs to do because there's so much that they need to get through. That he, it's not that he's like disregarding the story. He's explaining it like as simply as possible, so that way people are like, okay, I understand what's going to happen. Now we just have to figure out how, like, what's going to happen. It's just and like then the quick- next step. Yeah, and then quickly you're introduced to IOI, which is the the corporate, uh, you know, the company who has you know people working, and you get uh, you know the breakdown of Nolan Sorrento, who's the bad guy. Um, so you figure out that look, they're going after these keys just like the gamers are, and because they, they want that precious real estate that that you know if they own the Oasis, they can commercialize it, and that's not what Holiday wants. But again, he's opened it up to anybody who finds the keys. So you've got these corporate bigwigs doing the, you know, they're trying to get to it. And, you know, Mendelssohn does a great job. And he's hammy. He's such a, the, he's such a good bad guy. He's good like, at playing a bad guy. Yeah, and he's hammy. Like What I mean by hammy is like he's over the top. He's all, way yeah. over the top in, in the performance. And it works. It works because of he's, a, he's supposed to be cartoonish, you know, a cartoonish bad guy. Um, yeah. He's not grounded he's like in reality. Animated. Yeah. Right, right. He's not grounded in reality. I think he's, you know, but it, it, it's, again, the corporate guys can get away with it because they got lots of money. <laughs> um, now, they've got real people, researchers, and teams that, you know, have studied Holiday, that have understand who he is. And that's, that's actually pretty cool that they would take the concept of, like, the nerds and the breakdown guys and the, the geeks and everybody – and use them, use them for their purposes. Yeah. You know, they know to all figure about out what this. they need to do. Right. They, and that was cool because it's like, 
you give a nod to okay, there are real people who like us, like we're breaking down movies and we enjoy movies. We're probably movie nerds, right? But mm-hmm. there are people who do this either for a living or that they enjoy it so much that they, you know, create, you know, uh, videos, podcasts and whatnot. And that's the fun part is like they use that element. And it was so cool because they were the lifeblood of uh, IOI. <laughs> they, 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 they wouldn't the be able answers. to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Right. They had the answers. Now I, I'm going to glaze over um, what happens next in this because the the next thing you 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 they show you is this amazing amazing car race like the like the race. whole scene le- the build leads up, up everything. Yeah, the build up. You find out who everybody is. You meet the characters, and they're all about to go on this giant car race. Um, and when I tell you again, I, I'm not even. I'm not even lying when I say, or being over-exaggerated, one of the greatest scenes that you can watch. There's no music. None. No music at all throughout the, it's what, a like three, four minute scene? It's not a a single piece of music. It's just sound effects and like audio from like, just like dialogue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where if you, if you want, sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not to get the sound in here. But if you watch this scene from beginning to end, and that's so all you watch, that's it. There's so many Easter eggs. Um, I mean, I, the things I could name off. There's obviously there's the the T Rex from the, Jurassic Park, the DeLorean, the DeLorean, the um, old Batmobile from the original from a, the TV series. There is a Bigfoot truck. There's King Kong. Um, and Peter Jackson's King Kong, by the way, not like the, it's the, it's the one that you see yeah. in the, um, that Peter Jackson, I think the, the Peter Jackson one that he did that King, uh, the King Kong movie with Jack Black. Um, but they ha- this- I know they have Ryu as a character in there. Yeah. I don't know any car, like any other car that's in there that I remember, but just that, just that noise. Yeah. Like literally, the car is building in front of you, and then you hear like the iconic like DeLorean noise, and you're like, okay. You just have yeah, to sit, you have to sit and watch. You can't say anything. To sit and look and just like hear everything. It was I I would rewatch it every day if if I I could I would. And, and, and what's cool is that like the build up to it, you know, they, they give you they give you the character introductions. They're showing you all the 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 different. Um, avatars that are in there right um so you meet parzival which is wade watts you meet um artemis um x you, you meet them all so you, you you know you start to see everyone that he's associated with but the scene stops on a i mean on, a, on just the best thing like like it's the soundtrack is running like they're playing music it's yeah. the build-up you're excited everything's ready um, to go right you're watching the visuals and then all of a sudden, right, the race starts, and I'm telling you, no sound. No, I mean, no, no, uh, no music. No, no, no back, music. No. It's all just noise. I think the the motorcycle is uh, from an anime. I think it's Akira. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and so, like, when the scene starts, the sound right. goes away. That's it. The, the music is done, Take and off. all you have is sound design. And from the beginning of this, like it is, you just could see, a, you could see a, a handful of stuff, like you, oh yeah, like what we what we watch, like you have to pause it, like that's, like if you have the DVD or like you're able to pause it, you have to, like, it's just so nice. Look, they have the, 
the what is it the 18 is it 18 yeah so, yeah so there's the 18 right, truck for you guys on the podcast we just paused it on a, on a on a particular screen and on this screen there's the pole position f1 car from the old video game there is the a team uh van Man. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure what this this you know convertible is, but it just um, looks like an old. Com- it, it's probably from something. It is from something. I'm sure of it. And then, but you've I love got- how they have all like you have all the references, but they're not like e- even if they are in gray, like the the normal cars that you see that are part of the what's the what's the company called that they use uh, for the movie? Oh, you're talking I'm about uh, like. Like Ford? No, 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 no. I'm oh. talking about like for the company that um, what's his name runs, like the corporate company. Oh, oh, Amblin or Warner Brothers or, or um. Yeah, just like yeah, all yeah. of those. Like you notice those cars when they stand out compared to like the the I what is it IOI? Right? Yeah, the, the IOI cars yeah. are in in like a all, but, all gray basic yeah. cars. They're very corporate. They're um. They're standard generic cars, and they're meant to yeah. be background. You know, you, you don't really care about any of those cars. But like Toyota you know. Prius. There's a bunch <laughs> of Toyota Priuses on our screen. For sure, for sure. I mean, you've got you've got trains just coming across the screen. This is the yeah. I think this is a motorcycle from Akira, and yeah, um, sure. you've got you know just an amazing visual. And honestly, um, the reason the reason that this was so impactful for us. If you watch this on IMAX, you saw everything, but you couldn't see everywhere. everything. <laughs> your eyes were everywhere. I mean, the sound was all over the place. It was moving to your left ear, right ear. You were like looking all over the place. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, it's just and they're still cla- they're, they're still telling the story while right. everything's happening. Right. It's just not action. They're they're talking about who they saw and they, you know they, they're seeing Artemis. Um, you know they're they're navigating through the race itself. Um, I mean, it is just, and then you see, look, there's even the the, the flux capacitor, capacitor in the background. I think they, what, on that on the the DeLorean, I think they had the Night Rider, like the red oh, dot in thing. the front, in the front. yeah, in the front. <laughs> so they just they keep adding on to the same Easter egg that you already think you're like, oh, so DeLorean from Back to the Future. They're like, no, you also added like even Percival has. Like six Easter eggs that he wears, like he oh, has yeah. like Han Solo's like hilt, like the whole belt. Like I think his jacket is like some. I think it's it's is it like some somebody's sword or something like that. Yeah. No. I mean, and then they do some slow motion stuff here. Like there's like there's tr- like Tron. They pull like a Tron. Yeah, like a Tron like cycle like, uh, moment. Yeah. It, and then you know, there's it, it's just it's just such a it, it's what you wanted to like for example. From Back to the Future, you got you got the DeLorean, right? And and in the movies, the DeLorean does basic things in the regular movie. In this movie, the DeLorean does what it's supposed to do. Right? Like if it, it was has made its, today. It, well, it's like, because the movie, it's kind of like the movie prepared you for this moment because you know what it is. And he did and that same Akira card did the Akira thing, which was the slide. Yeah. He does the yeah. slide out and then push out. So he does the same. And then they do the DeLorean where it turns. It's not the flying. Wheels. It's just right. hovering, but it's doing its job because you know it from the movie. So it's just like it's it's not like an inside joke thing type thing where it's like, oh, you you would have to know it if you watched it. But everybody knows what it is. So it's right. like 
you know what that thing like if you saw the car you would know that move what that movie's from now there's like different easter eggs where they you know you have to know a little bit more or like a, like you know you would maybe have to watch this thing that not many people know of to understand it but for anybody who is coming to watch this movie it's a nerd like yeah <laughs> so they already automatically know everything that's going on in the movie so it's like you have all of these movies from past years build up for just for this movie to just do it justice it's just like i'm gonna put this in here because you know what it is but i'm not i don't have to explain it no and none of it is explained like like the set piece that we paused on is like a chinatown scene i i gotta believe it's from a movie or it's a background that's that's popular so there's just so much to sort of take in and then what's cool is like now steven spielberg starts using his own his own property like he's got a the T-Rex from Jurassic Park just annihilating things and has it do the signature, you know, like noise that it makes um, in the middle of this thing. And you're not, and again, because it's the Oasis, because it's the, you know, the metaverse or whatever it is, it's so much fun. You don't, you're not, you're not going, Oh, this isn't real. Oh, this is, you're not you know, scared. No, it's you're not scared. It, you're like in the movie. I'm excited. But like, if you're driving that car, of course, you'd be like a little hesitant because you're like, it might like freak you out a little bit. But you know, watching it, you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna die. So there's like, right. I mean, that's why everybody's driving so recklessly. It's yeah. Like everybody drives with the intent to win, but they don't care if they like die trying because they could just go back. I mean, I mean, look at this, and they bring in King Kong, right? And the great, the great track, the soundtrack has you see and, and hear him, like he goes off screen. You hear him on your right. You hear him him like run. You you. hear him run. You hear him like start pacing, and you're like, "What is that?" And he comes jumping over. Like he almost looks like he's jumping over you. Like when you're looking at the screen, and he just falls right in front of you. You're like, and even like you look at him, the design is so. It's just a. You would think it's a regular gorilla. It's not like anything spectacular, but you know what it is because it's it's there, and they do a perfect job not making him look weird anything they just do its job and then the batmobile shows up perfect <laughs> batmobile it get... doesn't do it it doesn't have to do anything you know what it is right you saw the batmobile and then you go oh there's the batmobile there's and the so batmobile. yeah and then the, what i like though is that it starts to isolate the character in this race at the end it's just uh, artemis and percival i think they start playing like kind of like soundtracky music. No, no, there's it's no not, soundtrack still. Is there really no sound in this? At, at this part, there is no sound. It is just the oh, noises yeah, no, that no, you no. hear. And I'm just telling you, it, it's such a great, great scene. I'm telling you, we you watching it on 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 YouTube or watching it on this podcast as we've been breaking it down or listening to us describe it, it does not it, do, does not it, do it justice. You have to like you can't explain what's going on. You have to no. watch it and just like it, it's it's one of those things that you can't like verbally talk. You have to like watch it. You have to look at it. It's a visual thing that you have to experience because it's like yeah. it really. I mean, listen, it, we we could have spoke. We could have talked the entire hour and a half of this podcast on just, just the race. On that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so I, that's how good the movie is. There's so much more <laughs> in it that you can talk about. There's like eight right. more scenes that are like fantastic. For sure. For sure. Um, what's cool though, you know, they move on from the race. Obviously, um, they, King Kong is like the, um, the 
there's a cheat code. Like you the can't get past him. To it. Yeah, he he, he is point. not. There's no way you can do it on a regular. There's a a a side mission or something that you must do to to win. But the way that they find out on what these things are is, again, a great concept is instead of just thinking back or getting it like you go into what they call the holiday journals i and think so, they, I, they started it was like a part of like kind of like an update when he died like that's yeah. they were like oh it popped up the second he died so it was right. like weird he, that everybody was like hmm, when did this pop up right and then he he put it in there though it's it's his thoughts it's his it's the the main it's memories memory that, we'll, that he had and it's um it has the clues it has the clues to the secrets of the of the keys so you meet the curator in this one, which again, at the time, you don't know that it's Ogden Mara and you don't know that it's Simon Peck's character. You just know that it's a, it's, it's a character that's in this, this, this uh, journal. Um, but I, I honestly, the first time I watched it, I didn't know it was, it was Ogden. No, it was, um, like, it was a good twist. It was a smart twist. Right. And then, you know, in, in going in there, Parzival figures out how to get the first key. It's it, the cheat code was go backwards. Um, it, it, or like, it was he was talking about yeah do, do some, it backwards it was some like reference to like a game or something like that oh no they were talking and he goes i wish we can just go back backward. Um, oh yeah backward as fast as you know mm-hmm. as fast as we can i think we should, i wish we could just go back is <laughs> what he's and he rewinds that a couple times and you figure out oh god it's it's not about going forward in the race it's just head back and then you see the how the race is built you see the underneath and then he he gets the key. He gets to the he's the first to the key, which with with it comes rewards and prizes. And so, um, you know, just a really cool thing. And then what he does is he shares it with his friends. So the rest of the guys who he you know he's got his crew or his clan, um, they all get to the key. So they're all the first to the key. They all reap the rewards, you know, onto the next mission. But but again, that is fun. That is fun to watch somebody just kind of go through the motions of, you know, here's mission one, here's mission two. Like, I love that. And it's so video game. It's it's such, it's such a video game move. <laughs> yeah, stage one, one, stage thing, two. Finish it. Go yeah, to the next yeah. one. And that's, I think, again, that's the building of the story for um, gamers is that makes sense to people who game, right? It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. I got the first key. I move on to next level. Um, you could have easily moved the story, but it was so cool that that was like the transition point. You know, like you, you have to get the first one to get the second one. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and um, what happens in the movie? And again, we could go frame by frame, but I I want to talk about a couple of key scenes. Um, there is now more and more. So as they're as they're trying to figure out where. Um, where they're these trying keys to find the are. next clue for the second clue, right? Or for the they're, second key. they they start to now get into the nostalgia, and I I honestly think like there was the Zemeckis cube, right? That oh when you God. when you when you get the the Rubik's cube that was it was called a the Rubik's cube, cube. Yeah. right? Which which is a, a totally eighties thing, um, and when you used it, it played that iconic Back to the Future Alan Silvestri. It, well, um, the whole point of the soundtrack. cube was like you you're able to reverse time, I think it was like 30 seconds, 30, 45 seconds, one of the two. But you had what the cool thing about it was you had to solve it. It wasn't solved. So you had to solve it, throw it, and then it would re- reverse back 30 seconds. And that same 
like Back to the Future noise came on and I curled up in a ball and I was like, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Because it's so smart. Because it's it that's why the sound design is just so phenomenal. It's because you know like I said, you have to watch you not you have to watch another movie. You know it from another movie. So when you see it and you hear it happen, you're like, I like it's automatically like you remember that you're like, oh, it's Back to the Future, but it's also like because it's about time and like it pairs everything together with like six Easter eggs in one, and he's just like, okay, here yeah. we go. He's like, I got the Semecus cube, and he uses it, and you hear that noise, and honestly, you're transported to the movie. Like you, well, that's that- because he uses the cube because he gave away his real name. He wasn't supposed to give away his real name because right, right. Um, IOI was on his tail. Yeah, they find out who he really is in real mm-hmm. life. And that's where the problem starts. And that's what I think the genius of what Spielberg can do is that he makes it, you know, there are problems in the Oasis and, you know, you solve those problems and things. But he brings it he brings it back to reality, which is they find out who Parsifal is in the real world. But, they, but he first uh, tries to, like, bribe him. He tries to go, yeah. like, the corporate route, which is, like, I'll give you, like, what did he say? He was, like, Two million dollars or something like that for it. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you this money, you'll work for yeah. me forever, you know, like you have a job no matter what you want. And, and, I mean, yeah, he tries to he tries to bribe Parcival and or Wade, and um, you know, but that's not what Wade wants. And see, he's and that's that's where the 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 whole point of him being pure of heart and being like a, a, a character who Spielberg wraps his movie around is that he's not going to be persuaded by the greed. He's not going to be, you know, caved to where I would have caved. You told me $3 million or a couple billion dollars and I get a guaranteed ah, job. No. I give you the key in a second. I I'm have what that. you don't like you have, like you need it. I'm not going to give it to you because <laughs> I found it. I was like, you got to figure it out. No, nah, man, I would have given them the key. I would, <laughs> no, <laughs> the key no, would have no, been no. his. <laughs> now, but, two, if I had two keys, maybe. Actually, well, no, because I still wouldn't do because I'm already one there. I have one more left. That's true. That's true. Now, if I was closer, if I had key two, I wouldn't give it to him. But key one, and it took me this long to get the key? <laughs> if you think about uh, okay, so, like, if we didn't take the steps that he did and he, like, said his name or whatever, you figure it out. I Like, I wouldn't say my name. You figure out who I am. I'm, like, changing my avatar. I'm, like, you can't figure out who I am. Like, you're not going to recognize me. But he, but but Parsifal said his name, and they figured out where he lived. They know who he is. You can change your avatar all you want, but they know who you are in real life. Yeah, and that's the problem. That was exactly. the problem. That was the issue in the movie. Was, um, you know, so so again, like the the movie it, now at this point is a pretty much beat from you know, like it, it becomes a typical movie. You know where the the bad guys are. They blow up his house in stacks, which is um, super. Like, I don't even think we. Like it got even, dark. It got real dark for like a couple minutes, and like, well, but he was dealing with like so much that he didn't like, you know, like you. If I saw my house and my aunt, like the only family I have left is left in there, and they just fall. In my, <laughs> I, I have no house. I have no family. I'm like I'm lost. Like you would, I wouldn't just sit down and cry. And then he's just like, I gotta find a second key. Like, I, I, find a key. <laughs> I was like, dude. I was like, you need. Well, you need a no, but it, 
it got dark because his family got killed, and not to mention the hundreds of thousands of people in the stacks that they just yeah, blew up. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. <laughs> we were like, oh, it's dark because his uncle and aunt died. But th- those people, that, like, you look behind him, he made it out. But all those people that were behind him did not make it out of that fall. No. And, and I was they like... Were, they were running away from the falling stacks, and they yeah. all died. So, so Spielberg has a way of, of kind of, like bringing it to a really dark place and and again that's the reality that brings you back to my storytelling or his storytelling to say here's here's where i'm coming back to reality with you um but yeah he uh, mass mass homicide of all the people in the stacks <laughs> they're so all dead corporate company kills ohio <laughs> have you seen that the the memes about just killing ohio <laughs> they were like they call it it's like down with ohio they do that whole thing. They they were like, we should make Ohio underwater to make it a beach. And everybody up there is like, yes, that is a smart idea because we don't need Ohio. Like, nobody likes Ohio. So the fact that he just killed off Ohio in yeah. one scene is insane. Because it's exactly. that's, a fan, that's a fan service right there is just getting rid of Ohio. <laughs> Everyone in the stacks is gone. Yep, um, they're like, great. We got rid of Ohio. We have nothing to worry about. So, so again, he Parsifal is now found out. Wade is now running for his life. He gets kidnapped, which we're thinking, okay, no, Nolan Sorrento got him, but he winds up in the custody of Artemis. And at this point, we don't know Artemis's name because she's not stupid enough to tell him his name. Um, and they meet in person. And obviously, Artemis is a good-looking, uh, you know, female character, and there is an attraction there. So again, Steven Spielberg. For many things, you know, they're both insecure about their their appearances, um, and she has like a birthmark on her face or something. Right, like that. right, and their yeah, avatars her, are, yeah, yeah, and that's what she's hiding in the in the game. Yeah. And I, I think their avatars are kind of like were I, what I want to look like, right? That's kind of what he's saying here. But um, you know, he meets her in real life, and then you know that kind of starts the realness of. Like it's not just a game because you love Halliday. It's it's like there's a life changing issue here, and she's more on like the uh, revolutionary side to make sure that you know to bring down the uh, the corporate greed, and you know he's more of like still about oh this is just a game. So um, then we get this amazing. Uh, I mean, this scary scene. The next the next thing you see is they go back in the game to get to to. to um, the the li- they key. go back to the library. And they go like- back to the library. They figure out where the second key is is supposedly, and they go and they do. I wouldn't say shot for shot, but damn near close. Remake of The Shining. The Shining, which is so cool that they show like the movie theater first, and then I think when they open the door to go into the movie theater, it's the stairs. They're to in the, the hotel. Yeah, they're yes. in the hotel that the movie takes place, and they've got the iconic, you know, the the, the twin the girls. Soundtrack. The soundtrack, the you know, the 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 maze. They got everything. They got everything in there, and it's so well done. It is so well done. Um, that and it kind of puts like a like a like what would you do type scenario on it because it's like you know we wouldn't like it's kind of like how we would get out of there or something like that. And it's kind of like it kind of humanizes like the whole movie itself. You're like, well, these guys are freaking out. Everybody else would freak out if they were in the same scenario. <laughs> So it's it's smart. It's a smart scene. But getting there, like the whole like it, it had to do with like his girlfriend, the girlfriend that he was with or his wife. 
Oh, yeah. The, the, the first date dance. that they went on, but it was like the movie that he went to go watch after the date didn't go through or something like that. It, so it's, it's like super specific on yeah. The Shining. You're like, how did you get there? But they explain it so well that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not I mean, lost. Yeah, because it was, I think it was the creation that the creator hated, which was Stephen King didn't like The Shining or something like that. And yeah, so it they, was like they, that one and one together or something like that. Yeah, they they figure it out and they go and and again, it's a it's a nod to the to the older generation. Obviously, the younger people watching this movie, if they've never seen The Shining, they just think it's a really scary scene. We we For, didn't see, I didn't see it. No, no, time. but what I'm, what I'm saying, what you got out of it was. This that is movie a, this is, a, is not a movie I should watch by myself. <laughs> well, what you got out of it was, I think, um, uh, what's his name? I forgot the character's name, but um, the, the the big one. Um, the big one could be uh, anybody. Um, let me see. Oh, uh, Etch. So she, you know, she's saying, "I've never seen The Shining. Is it scary?" You know, like that's your reaction. That's where like my the re- younger generation reaction is like, "Oh, what is this about?" Right, right, and then for and and again, that's what makes a movie great, like experience great, is that you know younger folks see it and they're 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 terrified because they're not sure what this is. The older folks are watching and they're like, I know exactly what this is, and holy shit, they redid it, and it was yeah, it's, it's crazy that you just walk in and everything looks the same, and you're like, oh yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, like like this is The Shining, and then again, if you've seen the movie or love that movie. You go, you appreciate the scene tremendously. If you have not seen the movie, you appreciate the scare elements and you go, I don't know if I want to see that movie, right? Like, so mm-hmm. it, it gives you the best of both because later on, they give you the, the young stuff. So it, there's old, there's new, there's old, there's new. And that's, I think, what makes a movie like this and probably movies like, like the new Top Gun Maverick. Um, make those movies so appealing to so many people, such a mass like swath of people is that it has something for everybody. It has new stuff for, for younger people who, who, you know, love these types of movies has the old nods to the, you know, old heads who go to watch it for nostalgia. It's great. It's great. So the same thing here, Steven Spielberg does a great job of that shining scene. They, again, they find the key. They, they, you know, um, they they move on and they got the the second key, um, and now again it starts heating up. They start getting themselves into trouble, and um, what follows is kind of. Uh, it, it, now I would say that this part of the movie was a little bit rushed because it had to move very quickly to, to get to the big ending. Right, right. So yeah. there's a whole sequence where they break down where you go, like the camps where. You go to like pay off your debts and everything else, and I think that was kind of rushed in the movie. But it's not important. Like you think about it, at the grand scheme of things, it's not really important. No, it's so, not. No, it's not. And so you meet, you get to meet the actual characters, who they are in real life. So the people voicing the characters, I think, are are, are now seen in real life, and then they go right back to the oasis and, and find uh, or try to find the third key. Now. This is where the movie just completely explodes. Is that whole final sequence of the battle um, where every single avatar character game, every uh, movie, horror movie franchises. Yeah, anything you can think of is in there. 
And this is why it's it's like it must be rewatched. It must be you know viewed over and over again. There's just a couple of scenes like that that you go, I have to see this again. Or oh, I my favorite something. scenes in there. It's my favorite scene. Yeah, I mean the the whole the whole um like the whole build up and everything, and then after they have the the Mecha Godzilla. Which was so fitting for um, the corporate, I like the IOI, like it fits so well for them. And then you go and figure out like everything else. I think you could pull up just the scene itself. I'll pull it up. Yeah. yeah no. Go ahead. Scene. Yeah. So, so what builds up is this. You know, there's this ginormous sort of call to action. You know, Parsifal goes and he you know makes his big grand speech great great speech to bring together all the people and you know um one of the things we didn't talk about is like when you time out when you like you know lose it on the um in the oasis you lose your fortune you lose your you know your, yeah, you lose every every everything that you everything had. you've built up to that point and and the, the the problem was obviously is people invested money and time and you don't want to die in the oasis and lose all your money so this was a pretty big deal to have all these people come come together uh to fight for a common cause um but i mean i, I there was just so many references um chucky is in this the battle toads um the gungdons um oh you've that, got that whole scene with that the the gauntlet and he's like oh he's able to turn into i i, I pray to god that they have it on here yeah, and then you have it's the Iron Giant. Favorite. The Iron Giant makes yeah, the Iron Giant is literally in the movie. Oh my god! And that, like, to me, that again, old and new, old and new. You have the Iron Giant for for for. I watched that in, in my youth, and it's great. It's great. And like, then you, you can got, pause, you can pause it right here and find eight, like at least ten people who yeah. like in this like snow scene. There's like five hundred people in here that you can see. Yeah, I think there's an Iron Man in there I just saw. Like, there's just so much stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. what, again, a movie like this, a movie like this, um, is it demands rewatch. It demands that you you go back and you watch it over and over again because there's just so much that you can possibly miss. Um, you know, the, there is the Ed 209 from Robocop. I mean... You've got the DeLorean stuff. Obviously, still doing some damage. Their guns there. are even. I think. Yeah, their guns from are from Halo. video games or different different uh, things. There's um, let's see. There's a. You said Mecha Godzilla. There's the Gundam. There's um, Street Fighter. Um, I mean the Ninja Turtles. The new the Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles are in it. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles are in it. I mean. Battle Toads. I mean, you've got everything in there, and, and it's Halo. like oh, Halo. Um, I mean, listen, we could, we could sit here and name over and over again, all the franchises oh, and things. Um, and then there's this, this big scene right here where he, he summons the, uh, turns into a, a, a literal Gundam for 45 <laughs> seconds. And he hits that. He yeah, hits the, the shot. That's, oh my goodness. If uh, like, uh, everybody has to watch a movie. If you. <laughs> Listen, just if you listen to, I can't play it obviously, but if you listen to how everything just plays out, it's like, it's it's just like, 
it smooths your brain out. It just makes yeah. you feel so nice. You and sit then there, right, and then right there, right, he, he strikes the pose and that's it right the there. the main pose and makes the, the sound effect of the show. I, right. again, curled up in a ball. Curled up in a ball. I cried. I shed a tear <laughs> when that happened. I mean, like I said, it, it's so good. It's so good. And that's why, and, and again, that's why I love doing these these podcasts and rewatches and, and rewinds. I, because it's just, there's just so much to good movies. There's so much to yeah. good film. Like you would this, never think that a Gundam would fight Mechagodzilla. You, you right, just don't right. think about well, it. And, and, and the same scene with the Iron Giant along with uh, Chucky. Like there, yeah. there's just no. It, it, none of them make sense. But it feels so correct. It just feels right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it's just so good. To see and that and again, this is why this movie is perfect. It's a perfect movie in the in the sense of it's entertaining, it's fun, it's got the Easter eggs, it's it's for nerds, it's for casual fans, um, it's for it's for everybody. It's it's for everybody. Um, you know, the movie it itself. <laughs> I know. Not, let's go I'm gonna go. Let's watch, go watch. I'm gonna go watch that same scene when when we're done with this. I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> Let, let's. Uh, Let's put on the earphones in there because it's it's late night when we're recording the session. Um, but no, I think you know the movie ends pretty much how you would expect. the The cool part, I think, is that um, you know, and this Steven Spielberg kind of dragged it a little bit at the end. Um, you know, he gets the last key. Uh, you know, they meet uh, Halliday at the end, his his final hologram, and well, he's the, got a the, choice to make. The plot twist was. That he had to sign. He was like, "Just sign the paper, and yeah, it's all yours." Yeah. And he was like, "No, and that, you would never and, sign a paper." And that's exactly what the Ogden Mara was asking exactly. him to do: was sign here, and you get the complete control. And it was a test. Like, are you going to, you know, be doing the same? Are you going to make the same mistake? Um, and so it just it it finished on such a great note no you know again nolan sorrento gets arrested for being a murderer of the stacks literally um, a genocide on ohio <laughs> and um, ohio. and 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 then you know he has an option like he you know he he shares he shares the um the oasis money and and the the claim with his clan you know shot you know shido and uh, uh etch and all these guys get a piece of the oasis artemis um, and then, you know, the moral of his story or the moral that Steven Spielberg puts at the end is that you, you can't escape all the time. You can escape and it's okay too. Okay. And it's, and it's perfectly good, but human relationships and relationships with people are essential. And so they shut down the Oasis for certain days so that people can actually yeah, escape like two days a week. Right. And turn it off mm -hmm. and, and, and be a part of like reality. So, um, but that that this is why again I, we can gush about this movie and and a lot of times that's all we're doing in these podcasts is we're just we're talking about our favorite scenes we're talking about the things that we love most and in this one there isn't a dull moment for me um, it, it was just it's fun from beginning to end and you know I I, I you know people you know not people my people my family. Uh, know that I'm a big nerd when it comes to my sound system, and you know yes. I don't have. I was going to mention that. I was going to mention yes. that before when we talk about the race scene. 
Well, I don't have the best sound system in the world, but I I, I invested in in one that I I really love. I really love. Why are you shaking your head? It did. It it's a good job. sound system. It's okay. Although it's, sometimes said, when I, it sometimes when it does go to certain action scenes, it does like to just turn off. It just it pauses it, it for switches, a second. It, it switches the the sound. I know. But but listen. It, uh, guys, look, look. I, I, I don't, I don't tell people much of my personal stuff. Just know that I, everything that I have now, I worked really, really hard for. And when I buy something that I think is a little bit overpriced, but like worth it, I love it. it I worth, cherish it's it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I, I, you know, I only I give you this... stuff for it because you love it so much. I do. I you know, I like, do. That sucks. So what happens is if you, if you share the same love for movies that i do and you 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 know have some affinity for movies when you come to my house i pop in ready player every one every time <laughs> and i play the race scene for he's every like, oh, single you, person he's like do you have a soundboard and they're like no he's like oh you don't uh, let, me, let me let me let me show you something record he's like right, come, on, come sit in the middle of the couch sit, sit in my seat sit in the middle of the couch this is right nice. he always says that sit in my seat in the middle of the couch i'll play it for you and then you'll buy one. Nobody has bought one yet, but they, they are impressed. Left, they are very impressed. <laughs> so They're a little I, jealous, but this is the scene that I play. I play the the race scene every single time, and it never disappoints. I play it uh, not top level. I can't crank it out, but I play it loud enough to get the the gist of everything. And this is why I was saying this: the the Atmos track is one of the best ones that I've heard. Um, you know, I have a lot of movies on, on 4k Atmos and I, you know, a lot of stuff on Apple TV. And honestly, this is one of the best ones. Um, this mm -hmm. one, Saving Private Ryan, which is another Spielberg classic, um, you know, and there's a couple of others, but there's rarity where you go, this is amazing. Like, this is great. The sounds make sense and they travel and they move. And so for me, a sound, a sound, you know, freak, a sound nerd, um the best the best for me to watch when i really want to like enjoy the system but aside from that it's just so much fun and we even missed the references there's a, a prince goro from mortal kombat there's an alien uh reference in there um there's a buckaroo bonsai there's a um saturday night fever um kevin the yeah. kevin bacon outfit yeah, there's the Kevin like Bacon Footloose yeah. outfit. I mean, there's Friends, just so much, everything. so much stuff. There's um, there's a Minecraft world, right? I think there's um, like in yeah, the opening, like, opening sequence. There's just it's everything. Like small stuff. Just every yeah. everything is scattered in there. If you think about a game, it's in there. You yeah. just have to find it. Exactly, and and that's the cool part. Like on, uh, so the first time you watch it, you go. There's so much like visually that you take in that you can't catch everything. And you go, oh, look at that. Oh, did you see that? Oh. And then the second and third time you watch it, it's like, okay, I'm looking for the next Easter egg. I heard this one was in there. And you can watch it like eight or nine times and still find something new every time. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just again, I I, I love it. I I so again, I'll give you my my thoughts on it, and um, then we'll look at some trivia and, and, and look at the box office. But my my thought on it is I recommend it to anybody. If you have kids, it's a little bit – it's a little bit – like if you have small young kids, like, you know, between, you know, five and seven years old, they might get a little scared on the uh, Shining scenes. Um, 
I was and there's scared. a there's a couple of scenes that are a little bit scary for kids. But other than that, like if you have kids and they love video games and they play Minecraft and they play all these kinds of things online, like watch this movie with them. Like it's it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's rewatchable. It's a ten out of ten for me. Um, it is again. I, I'm so glad I bought the movie. Uh, I'm so glad that I could I can watch it in different formats. Um, and I'm glad we saw it in IMAX. Like if it gets re-released again ever, I would go I to the movies again to see watch, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you think? What's your What's your parting shot on the on the uh, the movie? It's It's definitely a perfect movie. You know, it's one of those. You know, it's very hard to come by. You know, these days. But um, yeah, it's definitely you know like that's one of my comfort movies that I watch. Like I could watch it a hundred times and not get old. Like it can't get old. But it's it's just one of those things where like everybody everybody can get on on board with the movie, even though if you don't know anything, like you can be like underneath a rock for hundreds of years and come out and be like, oh, this is a good movie, because it's just it's smart. It, it does everything correctly, and it's like a prime example of like a really good like video game like genre of movie. And that's why I feel like it's like I, I praise it so much because it's like so hard to come by on like like this like idea like somebody whoever came up with this idea is like a genius because it's yeah. like everything that you need everything that somebody wants in a movie is there and it's and it's done correctly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Spielberg. It's top notch. It's it's got um, his touches on it. It's got and, and I think one thing that. Um, he doesn't get credit for, or he should. He probably does, but I, I think that's that people don't really admire too much is how clean, how clean his movies yeah. are in terms of, um, you know, image quality, in terms of the scenes. He knows exactly what what pieces he wants in certain spots. Some things very are not precise and like calculated. Right, right. They're not. It's not done accidentally. I, at least that's my opinion on the whole thing. Um, but listen, the budget. The budget for this movie. Uh, what would you? Uh, well, wild guess. How much do you think it's it 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 had to, it spent to make this movie? I'd say maybe like. I feel like it's too low if I say 125 million, but I feel like it's. I'm gonna say 200. I'll say 200. All right, you're not far off. It's a 175 million dollar movie. Okay, that's that actually what. Insanely, yeah. you would think it would cost way more. Right. Well, with the CGI, they do say they do save, but it's a lot of. I think a lot of that's tied into um, licensing like, and rights, contracts. Yeah. I mean, the CGI is is I mean, phenomenal. The the effects, the sound, everything so, is phenomenal. I feel like he didn't. He, he wasn't lazy. Like he didn't be like just because something's off in the background, he's gonna be like, no, nah, you could like throw up like a really like bad simulation right. back there, and it won't work anything. No, like, it's clean. It. It's clean all like 100 percent through the movie. Yeah. So it, it so 175 million dollar budget. It's opening weekend. It made 41 million. So that's not that's not huge by by the Six standard. Six trillion dollars. It should <laughs> yeah. have made. Well, I think I and I'm going to re- look at some of the reviews here in a second in in the trivia. But um, it made overall 137 million in the U.S. and Canada. Like that's the that's the domestic gross. That's but crazy. worldwide, worldwide, it made almost half a billion dollars. It was five hundred eighty-two million dollars. Oh, okay, I was gonna say that's um, 
So it made its money. It, like it's it's a success. And I think they're they're working on a Ready Player Two or something like that. Um, it's what I read, but it was it underperformed. It underperformed in its opening weekend. I think it was I underrated. Think. It was definitely an underrated movie. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it it. And now, it was slept on. It was a little bit slept on. And this movie came out when? Let's see. This came out... 20, 2018, right? 2018. And I'm not saying that we weren't already in that culture where we break everything down. I just, again, think I, I, I think it just... Out. It just wasn't... It just wasn't... It was something different. I think we were in the in the, the height of the Marvel era of, of blockbuster movies. And so... Um, oh, see. Yeah, so you got... Uh, Deadpool 2 came out. Okay. Aquaman, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, so it, it, uh, not that you had movie fatigue, but it just there were so many options, so many great movies that year. Um, you know that that again, I think it's I think it was vastly underrated. I think if if the part 2 comes out, um it will have a better uh performance for opening. sure because because yeah, people love opening. this movie now and that they've gotten to see it either at home or when it first came out uh let's look at something let's see what the trivia says here uh i love going into the trivia and then looking at some things um, oh you know what came out that year too i'm it says yeah black panther oh god and that one and infinity war oh okay so he it, picked it's... the worst year <laughs> what yeah, i mean yeah if you knew those two movies are, but again who knew who knew that those were gonna be billion dollar movies Venom right? but came he's out to that same year yeah i mean 2018 was like chef's kiss of movies of movie years like that's a great year for movies yeah it's amazing um before everything started shutting down um so it says here in an interview right in an interview steven spielberg said uh this was the third most difficult movie that he has made in his career and he he puts it behind jaws and saving private ryan for uh, difficulty of making a movie, and I, saving, I agree. Was Saving Private Ryan first? Um, I would. It was Jaws so. first, nineteen seventy-five. Really? Saving Private Ryan was in nineteen ninety-eight, and this one was twenty eighteen. So, um, but difficulty-wise, do you think? Oh, Saving he, Private no, Ryan he, was probably harder. I think Saving Private Ryan was probably the the hardest to make Jaws in terms of. Didn't seem that hard. Well, uh, considering the time period, maybe. Well, the but, problem was the practical effects of Jaws. Like, yeah, the, the, the shark, reason the you whole... don't see the shark but eight minutes in the movie is because he had problems with the shark. It wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. that he was the master of suspense. It was the shark kept looking really bad and it kept performing and malfunctioning. So the more that he wanted to feature the shark, if, if you saw less of him, it started to create the tension. I don't think he... He purposely wanted the shark yeah, to only it be wasn't in the movie. His tension, yeah. No, I think, I think he wanted more. He with. Yeah, I think he wanted more shark. So it was difficult. And plus, in water, uh, those things don't. Yeah, really, really... I was seeing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's see. It says here, besides the obvious Bigfoot, DeLorean, and Akira vehicles, other notables in the race were the Mach Five. That's right. Speed Racers Mach Five was in there. I oh yeah, that. he had to be in there. I was right. going to say he's bound to be in there somewhere. He, he's in there because I, I remember seeing it. Yeah. Uh, the Batmobile, the mm -hmm. A-Team van, the V8 yeah. Interceptor, uh, the Christine car from uh, the Stephen, um, Stephen King, the Pork Chop Express from Big Trouble in Little China, the Trans Am from Smoking and the Bandit, the RV from Spaceballs. Like, <laughs> really? It's the, the, this, is what's in the, wow. this is what's in those frames that we just didn't find. So this is why I love going into this trivia stuff. 
Um, let's see. It says here, during the race sequence when King Kong appears, the theme from the original 1933 film composed by uh, Max Steiner is played. So I guess faintly in the background, they play the, the, you the could theme. Probably, yeah. Yeah, we have to listen it. for it. Um, let's see what else here. That would be we'll a crazy about... car to drive, is this baseball's car. Oh, God, yeah. That, it's that'd be fun. Car. That'd be so cool to drive. Let's see. Uh, Artemis uses the M41A Pulse rifle from the film Aliens. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's, somebody that's had the that alien like crane suit. I think somebody was wearing that, too. Oh, here we go. Look, look, this is something that we didn't know. Now we got to go back and swatch. It says here, around the 35-minute mark, it mm -hmm. says here, Halliday is shown on the cover of Wired Magazine with a QR code. The QR code is readable and links to an accompanying article on Halliday from July 2018. <laughs> There's no way. There's oh, no wait, way. Wait. Oh, I'm going to find it. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's see. Okay, so you were right. It says here, um, Parsifal may be driving the DeLorean, right? Um, that's the kit that he has. But the mm -hmm. back and forth red lights are the cars from the grill and a nod to kit from Knight Rider. So you were right on the money there. Let's see. This oh, one is pretty cool, too. Um, oh, it's oh, okay. They say, is... they say the QR code was found in the trailer. And that oh, was like okay. it was kind of like press. So like you read about it, so you learned a little bit about the character before you watched the movie. Oh, okay, okay. That's cool. um, let's see. It says here the semi truck blocking the road in the middle of the opening race is the truck driven by Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China because that's that's where that huh. truck was. Um. Okay, this is cool. It says here the Oasis. The, the word Oasis is an acronym. It stands for Antologically Anthropocentric Sensory Immersive Simulation. Yeah, just call it Oasis. Just yeah, call it I'm Oasis. not going to be able to. Just make it life easier. <laughs> acronym. No, it's the word. There's it's the no word. acronym. It's, it's Oasis. Uh, oh, it says here, during the garage scene, you can see a copy of the Ed 209 from RoboCop. I think I did see it in the battle sequence. Yeah. Oh, and um, what was it? Pee Wee Herman's bike. Is in there too in the garage. Oh yes, yes. The Beaver Herman yeah. bike is in that. Um, oh, here we go. I didn't know this, I and mean, now we got to look for it. It says Boba Fett is at the bar where the dance number is done. He's yeah, that makes sense because <laughs> I mean, you can't even see it now. There's no way you can because it's so it's not dark, but it's like you can kind of get like a silhouette out of somebody. That's because Deadpool and Harley Quinn walk out when. Uh, Percival walks in. All right, so it's okay. So this is during the scene, and this is where I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the the freaking space balls thing is. This is during yeah, the I scene know. in the shop. In the background, you can see the flying RV from Spaceballs, the Eva Pod from 2001: Space Odyssey, Colonial Viper from Battlestar Galactica, a Starfighter from Buck Rogers, Ed 209, and then the loader form from Aliens. So there's too much in that garage uh, for us to. Uh... Oh my god, this is crazy! I'm try to find it in this. I have the video pulled up. I'm gonna try it. You, you you want to put it up here? What's that with the, the video? I have the garage. 
Yo, let's see. Let's see if we can. If we can. Well, it's hard for our for people listening to the podcast, but um. But if we, if you, you could tell we find something if we start yelling. <laughs> if we start hooting and hollering for sure. Yeah, if we figure it out. So, guys, so, if you're watching this, if you if you're watching this on the podcast or listening to this on the podcast, you can go to the YouTube channel, go to the Big Llama Show on YouTube, and you can actually watch this uh, video broadcast. Um, so you know you can see what we're seeing here. Again, we're trying our best to describe it for everybody because we know this is a podcast, but uh, just in case you want to see it, it's there. So, um, uh, you know, I don't. Oh, oh there, there it is. is. Okay. I didn't see, and the alien things in the back too. What's yep. behind him? Uh, I don't I know. Move a frame at a time. I can't. No, you might not be able to. But we found it. it it's it's definitely in the garage. There's the Spaceballs yep, van. Oh, we forgot um, to yell. You're supposed to yell. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Let's. Spaceballs. <laughs> oh my god. Let's let's do a what was it soups guy? Oh my god. Oh yes. Uh, I have to have giant fists though. I have to have <laughs> huge fists. Oh my god. Um, all right, so. <laughs> so it's there. All right, it's there. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to digest for sure in this movie. Um, all right, so Ready Player One again, a movie we would definitely recommend. So much fun! It was fun to do a a walk back and just talk about this. And again, we've probably missed a hundred things you might want to hear or talk about. So. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, you know, if you're watching this on video, hit us up in the comments in the YouTube channel. Um, let us know what your favorite part of the movie is, uh, what facts we got wrong. You know, again, we we just we're just guys who love movies and we love talking about movies, and this is what why we're doing this podcast. So the Be Kind Rewind podcast. Um, so guys, let's do the uh, final advertising thing. Listen. If you like our podcast, if you like the Be Kind Rewind podcast with the Big Llama Show, um, what you can do is on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star rating. You can give uh, remarks about what you liked about our podcast. We've got other podcasts available. Um, we have The Departed that we've done. We've done the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, and then we also did Goodfellas. So we've got those in the back catalog. If you're interested in those movies, check those out. We're going to be doing more. We're going to get into The Godfather. We're going to get into Scarface. We're going to get into the Harry Potter series. Um, so we're definitely going to be exploring more and more movies. So if you're interested in that, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us. Um, follow me on all the social medias at The Big Llama Show, wherever you find social media. I'm there at the same name. Um, not very creative, but that's my name um again now if you want to support the channel if you guys are watching this on youtube make sure you like and subscribe on the youtube channel make sure you hit us up in the comments um again uh any parting shots big poppy before we exit the premises i mean if you're promoting i'll promote um i don't know how this works i don't really have anything to do um i do have social media if you follow me you know facebook all that all that good stuff instagram it's the same name, Big Poppy Angie. Um, but yeah, that's about it. All right. I, I don't really do anything. I just, I'm just here. I'll take a free follow though. I'll take a free follow. <laughs> well, listen, guys. Big Poppy Angie is the producer extraordinaire on the uh, Big Llama Show podcast. Uh, he's the mm -hmm. Big Llama Show live stream producer. So we go live every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our co-host Blackout AD. Um, again, we talk pop culture, we talk movies, we talk everything. And that's just a fun time that we have with our fans uh, and the Lama Nation. So if you want to join us there, that's, that's uh, 
Big Poppy's main job there. And he also produces all of the uh, overlays and images and uh, title See work this for right us. Here? Right there. <laughs> Do that, but I made that. That too, that thing right there, did that too. Just saying. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and guys, so guys, if you like the again, if you like the big the Beacon Rewind podcast, make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you follow us. We appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Beacon Rewind podcast. I'm the Big Llama. He's Big Poppy Angie. And guess what, guys? Beacon Rewind. It's movie night, and we're gonna see you on the next one. Baby, yeah, the world like it passed by a bit, baby, I'm my metronomy.